new on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat. We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Sam Kennedy, the first ever appearance on the Bradford Show. Is that right, Sam? First ever, but I've uh, thankfully I've got my T-shirt. I mean, you did what most people have don't do. You get the T-shirt first before you go on the podcast, so you must be a big shot. I- <laughs> well, I, uh, I I spent a career uh, making deals, so <laughs> I, this deal worked out for me. But I'm, uh, I'm I'm happy to be with you. All right, Sam. There's a few things I want to talk to you about. Number one is that we I was on uh, I can't even, oh it was a morning show when you swung on by and we talked about attendance and likability of the team and everything else. What we can't ignore is the TV ratings, and we don't have the radio ratings yet. I don't think unless you have them and I don't. Um, but the TV ratings have been off the charts. I surfaced this the other day about that that Cel- the Red Sox actually beat the Celtics on Game One of the playoffs for the Celtics. Does that surprise you? No, we're not talking about the fannies in the seats. It's been very cold. I'm not ready to go there. But does that surprise you in terms of where you guys are at in terms of the ratings? Well, nothing surprises me um, with, with our fan base. This this is the most loyal and passionate market in baseball. And I know there's been some, in our 17 years here, there's been the, some years have been better than others. But if you uh, get off to a good start and, and show that um, you know, hopefully you have a team built for, for uh, success, knock on wood, as I say this, in October, I, I really believe this marketplace will buy in. We're, we're lucky to be in the, in the best market in baseball. Um, there has been a tremendous uptick in, in television viewership, and uh, I, I think it has a lot to do with the way we're playing, and, and it's a huge uh, credit to Alex Cora and everyone in that dugout for the, the start that we've gotten off to. Came out of spring training uh, ready to go, and it's been uh, it's been rewarding to see, but obviously it's uh, extremely early, and, and we've got a long way to go. What surprised you about the, the reaction to this team, though, Sam? I mean, because I get it that 
the likability question, you, every time you guys came out, whether it was a core press conference, whether it was winter meetings, whether it was whatever, whether it was spring training, the likability question came up. But as we went along for the first couple of weeks, it flipped. And, and i got to be honest with you, I didn't really think that it would flip that quick. And maybe the best example of this was Joe Kelly, the reliever who was the most unpopular guy and then doesn't have to buy a drink in Boston for the rest of his life now. Um, what, 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 did that surprise you how much it, it flipped, at least the perception of it? You know, it, it, it did surprise me a little bit just that uh, there's there's a lot of lingering uh, questions around likability. And um, I, I, I struggle with the likability uh, concept because, uh, you know, I think what you see is when, when the team is uh, is struggling, typically when the team is struggling and um, things happen, you'll, you'll see a, a huge fan reaction, you know, in a negative way or a media reaction in a negative way. And when the team is winning – Typically, uh, you're referred to as a very likable team. Uh, last year was different. We had several incidents that, um, despite a very uh, compelling, interesting, competitive team, we'd seen that we had just a drumbeat of um, uh, flare-ups or events that, uh, that, that were unfortunate, and we wish we had those uh, to sort of do over. Um, but that's the way life goes. That's the way baseball goes. And uh, so it, it, was, um, it was a tough year, even though it was a, a relatively successful year, winning 93 games and making the postseason. Um, obviously, we didn't get the ultimate uh, goal accomplished. So, anyway, it's a long way of saying that uh, I, I think if you have uh, a team that is is working hard, everyone pulling in the same direction and putting up W's night in and night out, and and having each other's back and staying uh, together as as a group, you're going to have this feeling in the marketplace that this is a team I can I can get around. I can invest in, I can support. Um, but again, it, it's it's early. We are off to a terrific start, and all the credit goes to the players and uh, to Alex and his staff and, and baseball office. They've done a terrific job. But uh, we don't we don't want to uh, get ahead of ourselves. We got a long, long way to go. But it, it's been it's been gratifying yeah, for sure. You know, and Sam, you mentioned last year about sort of the incidents and, and things like that. But but after the year happened, m- multiple players on the record said. You know, we were in first place the entire year, and it felt like we were in last place. And I guess my question to you would, did you get a sense of that? Did you, did you from, from where you were sitting and where maybe from Dave was sitting, from where maybe the ownership was sitting, did you understand that it felt like that all the way through the year? And, and as uh, I think both Kelly and Porcello told me in, a, in another very, very listen, well-listened-to podcast, that, that they said it wasn't until really we looked ourselves in the mirror after game two of the playoffs and we said, wait, this is, what, this is a reality of the situation. But they said that it was this lingering feeling that even though they were in last place, I mean, that is an aberration for any first place, any second place team, really. Yeah, it's hard for um, uh, front office uh, executives, uh, ownership to r- really understand the clubhouse dynamic. Uh, you know, the way I've been here for 17 years and the way that I view uh, the clubhouse is that that is a, a, a place uh, for the players, for the coaching staff. Sure, from, from time to time, we're, we're down there and, and we're communicating, but we're not on the buses, we're not on the flights, we're not... Uh, 
uh, in the hotel on the road for the most part. So it's it is um, you know difficult to understand exactly what's going on at at, at all times. But yes, uh, you you did feel that there were some issues, there was some tension, uh, and it just seemed to be one uh, sort of uh, event after another. That as I said, you, you, again, you wish you you could could take back or, or do differently. I think as an organization, uh, when you have uh, tension or, or the feeling that these players have uh, addressed uh, at spring training or early part of this year, you, you, you'd rather uh, not have that feeling. Um, but at the same time, you know, from a ownership front office perspective, you're not living it day to day the way the players are, and, and you know they they really are the ones that um, uh, you know have addressed it. And, and I'm glad that uh, that we've moved on and uh, we seem to be in a better place. Uh, that said, maybe it's just my experience or my time here after 17 years. You recognize that things can change very very quickly. So um, one of the things that uh, is uh, to me, uh, is rewarding is to see Alex Cora. I've talked to him um, every couple of days since he's been here. He, he's got great perspective, and he's just he says, "Look, the guys are having fun. They're playing well." But we we know that uh, this is a really tough division, and it's going to be a battle all the way through. So um, he has great perspective, and and he's got experience playing here. He knows that. So um, hopefully that experience will serve as well when we do encounter a difficult stretch. Well, how do you do that? You're the president of the team, and and so you have to when you make when you guys get together and, and really make a decision um, at the end of the year about what course you're going to take. You have to know the pulse of what's going on to a certain extent. So from where you sit, how do you do that? Like you just said, you can't have the ultimate feeling in the clubhouse. Does it help maybe that Dombrowski, Dave, does make these trips more than most GMs or president of baseball operations? Because I remember, you know, Ben would go on one trip a month, and that's what he did. How from where your your office, where your your seat is in this organization, how do you get that vibe? Is this word of mouth? How how does yeah. it happen? Communication, communication, communication. You, you you try your best to make sure that you're uh, accessible and available to uh, whether it's Dave or, or Alex or, or the staff. But really, you know, my role as president and CEO of the club is not to be uh, on the road with the team or or in the clubhouse or in the dugout. Um, from time to time, I will be in those places, but I see my role as um, supporting the whole organization, making sure everyone has the resources they need to, to do their job and then really get out of the way and let, let people do their jobs. And uh, Dave is a very um, uh, hands-on general manager, president of baseball ops. He, he, as you mentioned, he travels on the road with the team. He's uh, in touch uh, with uh, Alex and the staff every single day. Um, and that is unique and that is different. Um, we, we have not had that uh, management approach here before in the past, whether it was Ben Sherrington or, or Theo uh, Epstein. It's just a different style. It's, it's worked for Dave throughout the course of his career, and uh, since he's been here, um, we've had uh, very good uh, success on the field, and, and hopefully that'll we'll take that next step this year. You know, but really, it's about uh, empowering people, letting them do their jobs, and, and trying to communicate 
the best you possibly can. You know, you talk about having the pulse of what's going on. I'm going to take you back to a place that maybe you, you, when you started this podcast, you probably never, ever thought I would take you back to. And this is 2005. 2005 was, you were uh, head of, then you were the head of sales, right? Correct? Yes, okay. I believe so. You're, you're, you have the tone in your voice, like, where are you going with it? Way back. I'm trying to remember what I was doing in 2005 and if uh, we should end this podcast right no, now. No, no, we'll no. We'll keep going. It, this, <laughs> I, this is, I, I was just thinking of this today as I was trying to lose more weight on the treadmill. But uh, it was, it was uh, when Theo left and, and all that was going on, and the dynamic of of trying to bridge bridge uh, bridge parties, mend fences, um, get everybody like to see the other side of you, and and what I'm talking about in 2005, obviously, was with Larry and Theo, and you knew Theo very well. You weren't in the position you are now, but John Henry had to do that, and I'm just like wondering, like, what do you remember about how that was handled? Because the way I'm, the what reason I'm even surfacing because of the the stuff that's going on with Brady and Gronk and Kraft and and Belichick, but I'm just interested about from from where you're sitting now and where maybe where John Henry sat, what that was like. Yeah, well, I re- obviously remember it uh, very well. It was a, a difficult time for the organization. We had achieved um, something that uh, had not been achieved in 86 years, of course, winning a World Series. And, um, you know, we all came together in 2000 and end of 01, beginning of 2002, uh, to get to that, that moment. And it was so special and just an incredible thing uh, for everyone, for John, for Tom, for Larry, for Theo, for the rest of us that were lucky enough to be a part of that championship year and then to have the contract negotiations break down between uh, Theo and, and, and ownership um, was uh, was very, very difficult uh, for all of us because we felt we were uh, in a very, uh, very good place as an organization. Uh, you recognize that's a, that's a part of the industry, a part of the business, um, and ultimately uh, ownership uh, did a great job in getting all parties on the same page, and, and there are times when uh, ownership gets involved, and, and especially with big issues facing the franchise, like a president, and CEO, or a general manager, big um, acquisition in the off season, um, and that was a, a moment in time that communication uh, was key. And uh, John and Tom got personally involved with Larry and, and Theo, and. and Sort of mending fences and, and bringing everybody back together, and thank God they did because uh, you saw what resulted: a 2007 World Series championship and the underpinning of an organization that uh, went on to win again in 2013, and um, and hopefully uh, will continue to have sustained success. But. It's hard. Look, these uh, organizations, we're 300-plus people. We're it's a relatively small uh, company, and, and we're uh, a family uh, here. And uh, families uh, go through uh, really great times, and they go through difficult times. So um, we've, uh, we've had our fair share in, in the 17 years of some really high highs and some low lows. But it's, uh, you, you, I personally wouldn't want to 
do it in, in any other market other than Boston because uh, the Red Sox matter more here to, to the marketplace than any of the 29 other markets. With all due respect, the Red Sox uh, are, are so important to our fan base, and um, we, we know that, and, and that's why we, we feel so fortunate to be a part of this organization. You know, you're right. Families go through this stuff, but typically a lot of times you can say, well, you're right and you're wrong. When you're the, at the ownership level and you're, say, you're trying, you can see the value in both sides, and clearly that was the case then. And I think clearly that's what, without either one of us probably knowing, that's what Robert Kraft is going through now. But that, that is the most delicate situation that an executive in, in that position can go through. I, I would imagine you saw it firsthand. Yeah, look, you have incredibly talented, incredibly competent, experienced people, strong-minded, smart individuals that come together as part of an organization. And in the case of the Patriots, the Celtics, the Red Sox, the Bruins, I think the ownership groups and the management teams have created an era in Boston sports history unlike any other period uh, ever in Boston sports. So, um, you know, th- that will come with um, some some high highs and, and some low lows, and uh, I certainly would never comment about another organization, but uh, it's been really remarkable to witness what um, what's happened in Boston sports, and we want to keep that going here. I'll tell you, winning three World Series championships has caused John and Tom to be uh, hungry for more um, this is uh, growing up here you know all you can ask for is, is ownership that puts the the resources into the product on the field and, and these guys have done that and uh, we need to we need to keep it going uh, as we as we move forward this is amazingly it's uh, their 17th year our 17th year here together uh, and I can tell you the competitive fire is uh, is there you know I'm getting text messages at 12:50 a.m from John and Tom and, and Dave and we're all texting back and forth about the game and so the, the competitive juices are, uh, are are going as strong as ever right now so what you're saying is they, they like being owners of this team and they're not going to sell the team next year <laughs> that, that I can assure you of um, they are as committed to Boston and the Red Sox uh, as ever and, and it's uh, it, it's great to have uh, ownership stability you've got that at all the teams in Boston right now and I think that's a, a recipe for success all right Sam I know you got to get going pretty soon here but Last question is something, I'm complete 180, but maybe we can sort of morph it into the commitment of the team, and that's the pursuit of Shohei Otani, um, which was a bizarre situation. And it was a bizarre situation for, number one, because as the offseason unfolded, we have no idea. And then you talk to people in the organizations, and they had no idea. So uh, about where this guy was coming from, what uh, what path he was going to take. What what do you remember about this? And what do you remember about your guy? And I and I and I read Alex's story. It was Michael Silverman's stories about you know the the package that you put together and, and the videos and everything else like that. But I'm just curious, like what what for, what are you going to remember about that whole deal? Disappointment. Yeah, um, you know it's frustrating. We. Uh, we're really, really hopeful that if we, we just wanted an at bat, you know, and um, this this guy is a uh, incredible talent, um, and we feel obviously we have a, a team built for uh, success, and uh, he could have could have been a great uh, uh, piece to to this team or, or any team, and I just remember being being disappointed. 
frustrated that we didn't get an at-bat. Uh, but then I was quickly reminded by Dustin Pedroia uh, that, uh, you know, hey, move on. You know, <laughs> we, we're, we're, uh, we got the right guys in this clubhouse. So, um, But it was frustrating just because you want to get an at-bat. You felt like uh, we had a great chance. I was looking forward to uh, the competition uh, with, uh, you know, the Yankees, the Cubs, the other teams that were rumored to be uh, in the mix. And I've got a, a, a very close friend at uh, CAA, and, um, you know, there were certain rules and regulations that they set up. And so uh, I was uh, I was very careful not to communicate with him at all during, you know, leading up to the process. But I, I called him afterwards and said, hey, what the heck happened? And, um, you know, they, I got the sense that even they didn't know uh, which teams he was going to pick to, uh, to quote-unquote interview. Um, but, uh, hey, listen, we, we move on, and uh, uh, we will, uh, you know, hope we have more more games against him like uh, last night. What was the most unique part of the presentation? And, uh, you know, we, you, everyone has their, this is why you should come here. What, what was, for you, this is like, this is where we can maybe separate ourselves. Not to say that he's going to choose because of this, but just looking back at it, what was the well, most unique yeah, part? Yeah, two, two things. First was uh, just a, an incredible look back at the um, uh, the baseball history and tradition of the Red Sox, and specifically uh, that the winning culture uh, and tradition since 2002 when John and Tom arrived. That's you know a huge point of pride because at the end of the day we're here to win baseball games and win World Series championships. So there was just some some great uh, memories from uh, our our time here. Uh, so that was that was big. And then the other thing was just how well Boston uh, shows up as a as a city on the global stage in terms of quality of life and all that we have to offer here. Um, and you really recognize the transformation of the Fenway neighborhood as a destination to, to live, work, play. It's an entertainment district. Um, and just 15 years ago, uh, I don't think you could have said that about the Fenway neighborhood, the development that's taken place around the ballpark uh, in terms of residential, retail, um, and office space has just been transformational. And uh, we got word that that was something that was uh, important uh, to the player, and, and we focused on that. Um, obviously, it didn't do us any good, but uh, it was yeah. it was a, a ton of hard work. Uh, Allie Baird and, and Jared Banner uh, did a, a, a great, great job. And uh, I was mostly, you know, disappointed. I mentioned disappointment. I was disappointed for them because I know how much time and effort they put into uh, this. And at the end of the day, we, uh, we, we didn't get them, but it was uh, not for a lack of trying. I thought for sure you were going to say the Celtics, Bruins, and Patriots jersey with Otani on the back. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm, I'm uh, I was overcome with uh, I didn't want to bring them into this uh, this failure uh, of the process. <laughs> <laughs> it's not their fault. I mean, they you know they're the closers. It's like Kelly Olynyk and the Kevin Durant uh, wooing. So well, that's uh, you, you're you're right. I, I do remember go, going to a uh, a Bruins game uh, with Theo and and uh, Keith Folk way back in the day. You never know what's going to appeal to a potential free agent um, or a player. It's very rare that we find ourselves in that sort of recruiting mode. You're usually, you know, uh, drafting or, or trading uh, for a player, but when you have that uh, opportunity, you really want to uh, aggressively recruit. And in the case of uh, Keith Folk, we took him to a Bruins game. We had Bobby Orr uh, call him, which was huge. Imagine being a huge hockey fan and getting a call from the great Bobby Orr. So we try to pull out all the stops, and sometimes it works, and, and sometimes it doesn't. Before I let you go, so what is, besides the Folk, 
one, what's the most memorable recruiting uh, pitch that you were part of? Uh, I would say that that was probably it, just because it involved hockey, and you know, at my core, I'm a hockey guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. The men's league, we we know this. Yeah, but yeah, there, well, there, there's there's been there's been a lot, and and you know, I'll say that's what's great about working with with Theo and Ben and Dave. Um, you know, you you really try to pull together and, and use all your resources. Um, dinner at the uh, the Southern in Nashville was was one of the better ones because uh, David Price uh, did choose to come to Boston. Uh, one of the best meals I've ever had. I haven't spent too much time in Nashville, but uh, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, listening to to Mike Hazen uh, tell stories is uh, is always fun as well. Did you know walking out of the Southern that you had him? No, 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 de- no, definitely not. Um, uh, you know, we Dave uh, and the team did a did a great job, and John Henry and I and Tom were there to support. But um, it was uh, it, it was it was sort of a jump ball, and um, you know, we, we didn't know uh, leaving leaving that dinner, but uh, ultimately it got done. Did you uh, did you see the sinks there? The, the sinks, what? The sinks. You don't remember this. See, this is oh. what I went to the Southern. The sinks—they aren't sinks. They're, they're oh, you're, yes. You, you know, uh, someone else reminded me of that. I, was probably I swear there. I washed my hands after going to the bathroom. I, 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 I believe you. Yeah, it wasn't a test <laughs> to see if you wash your hands. It was the, the in case people don't know what we're talking about. There's there's no. Um, I don't even know how to explain this. It's like a tabletop, and the sinks. The water just rolls off the tabletop. So well, I I, I just remembered uh, the food was uh, was outstanding and that the city of Nashville was uh was absolutely rocking. There was a, a lot going on down there and we were uh, we had we had a good night. Well, this is your lucky day because for appearing on the podcast you get a $100 gift card to the Southern in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh Sam, <laughs> Help me in. Yes, Sam, thanks so much man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Take care. New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them, we study them, we hope the big one never comes. Don't look up, it's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 